Hello and welcome to Sounding Board. My name is Dan Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. How are you all doing today in this fine, brand new, spanking 2021? It's like, it's unrecognizable, really. For some reason, it turned 12.01 or 12 o'clock and all of a sudden the world was reborn. Yeah. I think Slaps that... hood of car. You can fit so many crises in this in this year. Mm-hmm. Well, and the hits just keep coming. It and seems. they just keep coming and they just keep coming. Um, but like, but also, Scopy's here. Never to fear. Sounding board's here. Never to fear. Mm-hmm. We had a delightful New Year's Eve party. We did. It was really fun. Forgot about that. I know. <laughs> um, it was a very, it was a great time. Um, everybody that came really enjoyed it. Just generally. I'm sure that, you know, at the outro, we always talk about the Discord server, but generally, the Discord server's really been a fun space. Like, you can find it by going on the site under Discord, the scopymag.com website. Scopymag.com slash Discord is really what it is. Um, but we really enjoy the space. Like, we're just, there's a lot of fun little, I actually just set up an audiobook bot in there last night. So you can go right now, what's playing right now, 1984? I actually think we finished 1984. I can check in, I can check in. No, we did not finish 1984. So if you somehow were had the cognitive sense to be listening to us right now, <laughs> you somehow have ESPN, or are like standing right now with your ear pressed to like our office window, sure, and you can hear us, and but you're also somehow on a Discord, mm-hmm. um, like looking at Discord on your phone with your ear pressed to our office window. Right. First of all, hi, how are you? Mm-hmm. What? Go home. Mm-hmm. There's a pandemic. There's a pandemic out. Get out of here. In this economy? In this economy? Yeah. Go! Go. Get! Get. Um, so that's really fun. Yeah, no, it's just a great space. We kind of hang out in there a lot. Um, Something we want to try to do more of is uh, we want to watch like movies and TV shows in there. Like, yeah, like group. have somebody stream stuff. Yeah. We've done that a little bit like once or twice and a lot of other friends do it too. Um, but it could be fun. I don't know if you, if you're listening and you're like, wow, I really want to watch, I really want to watch Kiki's delivery service. Mm-hmm. We've been watching a lot of Dr. Who. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, Discord's great. It's a really great space. You know, we have a lot of, we've been fortunate to really kind of get to play with it and make it into these temporary event spaces that we really enjoy doing. And people have really been in this time getting a lot out of it which is really comforting and heartwarming to see yeah you put work into something like that not thinking that it's going to be meaningful but then it is meaningful well because and what's wild is you've been cultivating the space for like two years now the discord yeah really yeah wow maybe probably i mean because i definitely was using because, discord before the pandemic yeah you were using discord before the pandemic and i remember being really skeptical about it Really? Because we had the... So we, we've we had Discord for a while. Mm-hmm. We've had Discord for a while because I remember Thanksgiving of 2019, we planned what our Friendsgiving potluck was going to be in Discord. That's right. And so we've had it since like November of 2019. And we have had people in it since then. I think we've been doing this for like two years now. I really like the plot. I like that it's really convertible. I like that it's really flexible. I love that everyone makes their own servers. Yeah. I find that really fun. Um, yeah. Because, you know, everybody can kind of. vibe. 
everybody has a different spin on what they want their space to be, which is great. You know? Well, and what it does is I think it's echoing like, you know, if a group of friends like goes over and hangs out at Bob's apartment versus going over and hanging out at Steve's apartment versus going over and hanging out at Stephanie's apartment yeah, or whatever. Fresh. Like it's it's just it's a different vibe. You do different things. Yeah. Um, no, it's great. And I, I really love ours. <laughs> I love everybody's, but ours By the way, is very if you're, good. If you're listening to this and you're like, how can I get in on this Discord fun? Um, go to scopymag.com slash Discord and you can join there. Yeah. Um, well, so we did actually post in Discord. I'm going to try and make a habit of this on Sundays when we record to post to ask people what they want us to talk about. Because obviously we, we're going to take up half of the episode talking about um trump impeachment trump uh the inciting a riot and the attempted coup and all this stuff but i guess before that i'm just like thinking about this agenda wise and thinking like wow what a fucking weird agenda um we got asked to talk about our five-year anniversary for those that don't know Maureen and I both run Scappy and also have been dating together in a committed relationship for a very long time dating together dating together together no, yeah. we're monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even let that bit get... We're monogamous. <laughs> I don't know. I just, you know, I, and not to... I would never yuck anybody's yum. I just think it's important to, like, be clear with, you know, who who you are, mm-hmm. what you're about. So if you're lis- listening to this wondering, are they looking for a third? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Any anyway, to talk about to talk about literally anything at all, um, anything else at all. Well, I mean, not really entirely literally anything else. Yeah, I mean, we had we've been we've always taken New Year's as time for ourselves and and done. You know, every year we would always take get like an Airbnb somewhere or a hotel somewhere and and really not see anybody on New Year's because our, our anniversary is New Year's Eve. Um. Do we want to tell the story? I mean, we told the story in there before. We could if you wanted to. Well, so what I want, I feel like I usually tell the story. I want you to tell the story. Well, I'm <laughs> I'm going to end up telling an abridged story. Not because I don't love you dearly, but because I don't really like getting like this on air. But that's fine. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like that. So five years ago, it was New Year's Eve, and I had roommates... They were they went to parties and stuff. I didn't really want to do anything. And I ended up texting Maureen at like 8 or something like that. We were texting. And we were not dating. Um, we were co-workers and that was it. Um, I don't really know how it came to be. Didn't I invite you over? You invited me. You were like, my roommate Aaron is going to this party. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then you kept offering alternatives or like ways that we could go to the party and me being like no and then you and then I think I asked you like listen like it seems like you really do want to hang out with me so why don't I just come over yeah yeah um which is very much our dynamic I talk around things and then Maureen is like here's the point <laughs> which I love um yeah, and so we ended up watching a season of Marin at the time that was that had come out, and we hated it. We really um, did. That's mm-hmm. something that I usually forget, is that we watched it and we hated it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then 
Maureen left. She texted me and said, I forgot my shoes or something. No, I just said, no, I didn't even say, I just said, come downstairs. I need to talk to you about something. And I texted her back a frog emoji because I was being coy. And then she told me how she felt. I said, I also felt the same way. We kissed. And five years later, here we are. Yep. And I always, like, it was always very important to me that New Year's Eve have that same energy of, like, not isolationist, but taking time for ourselves. Being like, I don't really want to deal with other people. You know, we spend all year long being responsible to other people and being there for other people. And Maureen and I, especially, especially at the time, five years ago, we were very much those people. Um, but in the last five years, we've we've been really good at taking time for ourselves. And so this year was different. I mean, we still were like we still had New Year's like anniversary things. Like we both got each other little things and we had time. Um we had a meal here and a, and, a, and a moment there and, and really made sure to, like, make sure that we voiced, like, wow, five years. Yeah. This is wild. I'm so happy. I'm glad you are, too. Yeah. Um, but the party was part of our five-year anniversary. And it was it's funny, like, I get weird and sentimental about numbers. And, and five is obviously, like, a good round number. It's not round, but you know what I mean? Five years is meaningful. Um, and, you know, so even though we really didn't bring it up a ton with other people it still felt really special being together in the same room with other people through discord obviously just because it's a different it's just a weird it's just you know like i said five years is mean so meaningful but it's also a five-year anniversary during a pandemic yeah so it's it's hard to prioritize it's just different you know and i I don't feel like i was shortchanged in any way um but I, it's also very much was New Year's Eve on a pandemic and our five-year anniversary. Yeah. Well, and like, so what are what are thoughts about five years together? It can be quick. We don't have to get overly sentimental. They've been great. Yeah. I'm I'm down for five more. Yeah. <laughs> I think for... five more is good. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I look like I, you are in so many ways, the person that I most look forward to talking to. Like, even when I'm annoyed, I still want to talk to you to clarify it. Like, Mm -hmm. like I go through my days with you as a part of it and I'm better off for it. You know, and like, that's all true too. But, and, but I also think that we have a very healthy understanding of this is me. This is you. Maureen exists as Maureen. Daniel exists as Daniel, but also we exist together and, and rely on each other, but also we're not like dependent on each other entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is important. Like I can go do my own thing. You can go do your own thing. And I think, but what's wild is I think it took a little bit of time to get there to like figure out what I like to do versus what you like to do. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, taking walks. Yeah. Like for, you really like taking walks and I really don't like taking walks. And for a long time you were like, let's go for a walk. And if I were to say no, you'd be like, oh, well then I guess I can't go for a walk. But now you don't even ask me and you're just like, I'm going to go for a walk. Mm. And so I think that like finding, finding out the things that you do together 
and the things that you do separately yeah. is really important, especially now when we see each other all the time. Yeah, because I would say, like, there has been no... The pandemic of it all has not really affected our dynamic. No. Um, which is not true for every relationship. Correct. Um, but I also never was afraid that it was going to. Like, no. our dynamic is the way that it is, and it's it's not... I say it's not perfect, and that sounds like I'm saying something more. Well, than no, I mean, but I mean, but... like, I don't know. Like, I, relationships aren't perfect because we're not the same person, right? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're we're two people. Yeah. So I don't know. Five years, you start feeling like you have to look back and start pontificating and being like, "Here's the greater point," or "This is the whole thing." To but no, no, we're just two people that love each other. We have fun, and that's all that really matters. Yeah. That's my that's my takeaway. Yeah. Um mine is that I'm grateful to have you. I feel lucky to have you and that I don't want to take what we have for granted. Because I know that a lot of people are in relationships and don't have the kind of relaxed you know, like, I feel like I can really be who I am Yeah. around you. I feel like I don't really have to pull any punches. And I know for a lot of people, they don't, that dynamic, that's not the case. And, um, and I also know that there are people who right now are alone. And that would be really hard right now. And so I'm really grateful to have you. But I'm not, that's not the only reason I'm grateful to have you. I'm grateful to have you because of who you are. So I'm just thankful. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to talk about Nazis let's, now? Yeah. Let's talk about a, let's talk about a coup attempt. So it was a coup attempt. Let's not, we'll not, we're not going to mince words. No. It's what it was. Um, any attempt at, hold on. Ooh, gesundheit. Any attempt at taking what was a coup attempt and trying to put it into another light is an attempt at uh, enabling fascism and normalizing fascism. Uh, if you see it in your life, in your friends, in your family, you have to confront it. Um, I had to do that this week. Uh, it was not really my favorite thing in the world, but I did have to confront both of my parents about it. Um, and yeah, I mean... Basically, this it's a we're in a cultural war. You know, people like to harken back to a hundred years ago and how the coup attempt that happened before Hitler happened a decade before Hitler. And we have a lot of things going on right now in this country that culturally have a lot of similarities to, you know, not just Germany, but you know, a hundred years ago. And, you know, people say history repeats. And the reality is, is, yeah, the coup attempt was a failure. We're looking at a Biden presidency. But the undercurrents of what rose Trump to power and what strengthened under Trump's presidency are not over. They still exist. They still exist. For example, like... The Capitol Police, they were complicit in this. There's been multiple 
reports coming out that higher up officials in the Trump administration had a significant hand in this. And if you think that that seems like false, conspiratorial, how the fuck were these people able to just walk in then? There, there was a member of the Capitol Police who the next day whistle blew on, on their personal social media saying that they saw colleagues, off-duty colleagues, flashing badges to gain access mm-hmm. to the Capitol. It is a mess. It's a mess in a major way. And, and I w- worry that the mess is not going to be cleaned out in the next four years. Well, and what's shocking to me is that like there is, there's all this, obviously there's a lot of conversation about whether the police should be defunded and ACAB and you know, all of that. And when it comes down to it, we were looking at an attempted coup that if the that if there was a unified message if there was a unified cosign from a higher up within the police infrastructure that it would have gone another way and we would have been overthrown by an entity that is not written in to our federal infrastructure yeah the thing that i keep that i kept thinking about that on the day of and, and the day after was that video that came out on Trump's Twitter. And I I kept, when I, I posted about it in a couple of different places, and the thing that I kept kind of reporting was, Trump is calling this off. Because that's a, that is a crucial difference between in this coup attempt. All that Trump needed to do was cosign. Yep. And if he had done that, they wouldn't have left the Capitol. We'd be looking at the certification of that vote not happening. And we'd be looking at four more years of a Trump presidency and four more years of a Trump presidency that was backed by our military in a in a in an authoritarian way. And that's a bla- that's already a blatant dis- disregard for the Constitution. There's a lot of aspects of that that would mean that the government that we think we have is not what we do have. Now, that all being said, none of that happened. We're here we are now. We need to count our blessings and count our, you know, count, count ourselves thankful. But, you know, because the, the, that's the thing I was coming from with that messaging with from that video was that message of these people need to go home. But it is also true that it was in a, that was the meat of a sandwich of fascism and dog whistling and rhetoric that is fucking vitriolic and and toxic and and you know is the problem but the thing is and i you know i heard you talking a bit about this i overheard you talking about this about in your podcast in the in the fat out of hell recording it is not new this isn't new this is what we're looking at this is what we've been looking at for the past four years. That's what I mean. Yeah. And this is what this is, is finally the systems of government that should have been enacted. The the switches that should have been flipped fucking three years and six months ago are finally being flipped. The conversations that needed to happen four years ago on January 22nd 
those conversations are happening. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what's heartening to me is that after this coup attempt, our government is functioning as it should. But the fact that it took a coup attempt for it to function appropriately is what needs to be fixed. Well, and I, I even said, so I actually, I'm, I'm hearkening back to the Discord because I um, posted in there, I, I posted a, a screenshot from, which we're going to talk about in a second. Um, but one of the things I said was, you know, I guess the thing with coup attempt is that it feels like um, this is demonstrable now. You can point to the coup attempt and say, here is a manifested form of the fascism. But but that's not new. Like, Charlottesville happened three years ago. 2017. And that that was the fascism. Like, this isn't... We can point to these things already. Like, this is, this is super not new. And, you know, because basically the... That's, so that's the context, right? But so the conversation that's being around on the Hill and in, in pretty much every media outlet right now is impeachment. And, and trying to impeach a second time. And, you know, one of the things I was saying early on, I mean, it's it's funny. So there's an article on the website that you should check out that I wrote about kind of the radical response to impeaching Donald Trump a second time. Because the first people that brought it up were members of the squad. For those that don't know, Ilhan Omar and um, Corey Bush, who um, are in this kind of like loosely defined group of, of progressives that like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and like Jamal Bellman are in. Um, and Ilan Omar and Cory Bush were the first to really start calling for impeachment. And and they were actually not just calling for impeachment of Trump, but of basically any key Republican officials who came out in support of the coup attempt. Um, because there are a lot of them. Anyone that watched kind of the Senate, the way the Senate... Um, uh, rolled out and the votes happened as like with the state objections of certifying the vote can see that there are dozens of Republican House members that supported there were know. 147 objections in mm -hmm. both chambers yep which is shocking for our Congress to not want to uphold I think that there the are 500 process. 500 what 38 mm-hmm and so, you know, one of the things that people are kind of really talking about now with with Congress and, and um, is this second impeachment attempt. And, um, right, so like I was saying, like, you have these progressive members of Congress who were calling for the impeachment first and were specifically calling for um, impeaching and, and investigating these Republican uh, officials. But also, you know... Um, there's only 10 days left of his presidency. So the reality is, is that we're already want, expecting for Biden to push, like to be, to have to push Biden so left. Like it, it's just to, to get caught up in the gridlock of working to, cause the, what's going on to, today, the times was reporting that, the way that like there's the conversation is finally starting to be ha to happen of like okay so okay so we're gonna introduce impeachment on Tuesday that's what they're talking about um and but what there this isn't going to happen by the time that the twentieth happens so something that I know the case for impeachment 
is that basically it's preventing Trump from pardoning himself. Mm -hmm. Also, it would make it so that he would no longer receive the $200,000 a year federal pension. Um, He wouldn't be able to run again in 2024. And... There are some other things, but basically he would be, like, barred from federally participating in politics at all. Which, obviously, I very much agree with. But, you know, the the element of too little too late is just immediately what comes to to my head specifically. You know, we've already tried to impeach him once and it wasn't able to go through. That being said... We are looking at a Democratic Senate where we didn't have that before. So that's something. And there are a lot of Republicans that are, not a lot, but enough to make a difference in a majority sense that are coming out against the... the, uh, um, But that's the thing that's very interesting about all this for me is we're really looking at a splintering of the Republican Party in a lot of ways. Because you have a lot of Republicans that are backing Trump, but then you do have these kind of Republicans, at least that the liberal media points to, to say, oh, look, see, Republicans are changeable. But it's always like the senator from Alaska, Mitt Romney, and like historical uh, references to John McCain, where it's like, that's, sorry, that's three of 272 and a half, you know? That's three people in a Republican party that is otherwise not like that changeable so i don't know i mean i've always kind of been in this thing of thinking that you know there's going to be splinterings of these parties at some point there should i think there should be healthfully there should be you know you have democrats that want to reach across the aisle and that's basically biden's whole positioning but you know it well and there's already splintering within the democratic party there has been for years now and for and, decades, in fact. Well, and that's really... and that's what the that's what the Republican Party has had working to their advantage is homogeny and right. party unity, and that's where the Democrats fall short and have consistently fallen short, is that because there's a lack of homogeny, because there's room for differing opinions within party lines, we're not able to get as much done yeah. as Republicans that fall into lockstep. But if we're starting to see that lockstep fall out of time, then there could be a, a more even playing field. What we have to hope for is that it actually happens. So that is actually kind of a case in the in the pushing for impeaching Trump thing. Because that does seem to be, you know, one of the things I reported on before all of this was um, Mitch McConnell on the $2,000 stimulus check, which is still, you know, obviously. Well, and there are Democrats who aren't who aren't for it. There's a Democratic um, senator from Washington who is basically saying, like, over my dead body for these $2,000 stimulus checks. Like, he's... It's... What it is is, like, this is a... It's a controversial... It's a controversial concept. And... In context yeah. of the American political spectrum, exactly. You know? Yeah, obviously it's not con- it's not no. I mean, from a hu- from a human right yeah, from a human rights perspective, it makes perfect sense. But as far as like 
moderates and Republicans. The discourse. The discourse, exactly. It's, you know, there are... I don't know. It's not... My point is, like, it's not a sure thing. As far as the impeachment goes, like, I'm personally pro-impeachment in this case. Not just for, like, him not being able to run in 2024, you know, lack of Republican Party unity, all of that. I'm all for the splintering of the Republican Party because that needs to happen because it's a monolith. But I'm also, just as a matter of principle... Like, in reality, he should be, he should resign. You know, like, he should be removed from office. He, there should be an enacting of the 25th Amendment. But the fact is, his cabinet is resigning in order to avoid being removed from office by his cabinet. And so, in the absence of actual, of him having any sort of ethical personal code and resigning for attempting a coup and for the lack of an ethical cabinet removing him from office, impeachment is our only recourse in order for there to be any sort of consequences and any sort of determent for anyone in the future attempting a coup. Yeah, honestly, I like the so the screenshot that I put in the Discord, which is the only the the main thing I wanted to bring up still, um, is a quote from Jim Clyburn, who's the Democratic Whip of the House, um, and you know basically what he's saying is reminiscent of kind of earlier thoughts I had of you know we're looking at ten days left, um, so we should impeach, but the Senate sh- this necessarily doesn't have how the punishment is rolled out does not necessarily need to be the first thing on the Senate's agenda, given that we're in the middle of a pandemic. And that's kind of that's kind of where I'm feeling about it. And even, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's how I'm feeling about it, but I, I find it interesting, I guess. is is It's what I weigh against the need to what you've spoken to, Mo, of, of making sure that Trump can't run for re-election, that he can't pardon himself because that is something that he's been talking about a ton. He's and and you know I went through that too for there's a the article that I wrote two days ago on the DSA backing removing Trump from office um, speaks to a lot of this and uh, through that I was reading a lot of the coverage on um, how what Trump wants to do in these last few days and he does like he's been talking to a lot of people about just like pardoning family members and this that and the other and 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 like has even made other people taken aback because he's been like hey you uh you served a role in my cabinet you want to pardon and they're like what like did I do something illegal like I didn't realize that I was <laughs> I didn't realize that I was an accomplice to something here and um, and it, it, it kind of almost implies that he has a real loose understanding of what a pardon is, but also that he's guilty. <laughs> yeah, that there are, that there's shit that happened that we don't know about. Right. Either it means he has no fucking clue what he's doing, which is very possible, or the man is, you know, I don't know. Um, well, and so... also, like, the whole, our... The way that laws are formed and the way that judicial decisions are made is all based on past precedent. Mm -hmm. When court cases are examined, when conversations about like how 
punishments should be happen, how, how punishment should roll out. Like it all has to do with past precedent. Past court cases are consulted in the court of law to determine how something should go down. Mm-hmm. And it, that happens in the course of determining laws. Like it all has to do with past precedent. And so in the case of a president inciting violence that leads to an attempted coup, there has to be precedence established here because that hasn't yet happened in this country. A pres- a sitting president has not yet attempted a coup. But I mean, the discourse is so far back that it's people don't call it what it is. People aren't calling it a coup. Yeah. But I'm saying ethically... That's my case for impeachment. No, you're right. Is that there needs to be in our country's, like, our country's law code, there needs to be something that can be referenced. And if if there's a future sitting president that tries to do this again, or heaven forbid, there actually is a coup attempt, there needs to be something that we can reference that isn't anecdotal. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that because, like, I think I'm so caught up in, un, in like just the unprecedented times of it all. Like, it doesn't it doesn't dawn on me that it is unprecedented. Like, it, it this has never happened before. You know, it feels like it has somehow, or that. I mean, in, in a lot that's it's there's a difference between precedents and the cultural influences already having been there. Right. Because like, if you look back at Nixon, you know, like him resigning, he's the only president to have been resigned to, to actually leave office, you know, not from death. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, Bill Clinton was impeached, but he wasn't removed from office. And so like when we're looking at this and we're looking at, you know, an, a president who has broken the law. The Capitol? Someone said the Capitol's never been sieged since the British. Right. So, as I said, a sitting president has never attempted to, like, siege the fucking seat of democracy. No, dude, you're totally right. Like, yeah, it, it's... it's. I And I, I the only reason I push back in, originally is because I just am aware of just what is on this agenda right now what is not on on this agenda what is on the agenda for congress and for the political discourse right now which is um just a lot like we're in the middle of a pandemic like that's the that's the it's the there's already so much going on of it all for me and not to say that that doesn't mean that these things shouldn't be dealt with but i don't know i guess it it does make sense to me for me though in my mind, and granted, I'm not a person who's who's looking at February 1st and sweating. You know what I mean? So I ne- I'm, I'm putting that out there. I'm not looking at February 1st rent and wondering where that's coming from. Mm-hmm. If I were a person looking at February 1st rent and wondering that was coming where that was coming from, I might have a different perspective. But in my mind, the difference between us establishing a legal precedent for there to be punishment for a sitting president attempting a coup. That needs to happen in the next 10 days. And if that means that pandemic relief is pushed another 10 days, 
for me, in terms of like the future fabric of our society, that that needs to happen first. Yeah. And and boy, does this Senate have just a lot on its plate. Yeah. Just so much. Um, we've been going for thirty five. I think we could probably call it. I think it. so too. Yeah. Um, this has been a delight and a pleasure. As always, mm-hmm. pleasure doing business with you. Pleasure, yeah. For, five for, years. for those <laughs> five years. For those of you who don't know, uh, we're currently shaking hands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Stay safe. Take care of yourself. If you're able, stay inside. If you traveled over the holiday, um, adjust your schedule for a bit if you're able. If you are able to travel, then you are able to adjust your schedule. If you are working, put your put a pat, pat yourself on the back. You deserve it. Take a day off. Take a day off. Somehow fit it in. Please, I'm begging you. It's and also as a person who, uh, in a in a clutch last minute leaving the apartment decision decided to wear a disposal mask. And then had to dispose of their mask in the middle of, of my day out in the world. Um, wear disposable masks right now um, because, you know, COVID's out, are high. COVID's out there. And uh, you might be out in the world and realize that you need to dispose of your mask. And if you're wearing a real nice one right now, that's going to hurt. So you should wear the, the ugly disposable ones. And as a person who, who likes to look nice and likes the out the mask to, to match the outfit, I'm, I'm dispensing with that ideology for now and just going with a disposable one. So I encourage you to do the same. Yeah, do the process that you need to do, but that's a good little tidbit. tidbit. Okay, well, thank you all so much for listening. See you next time. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening. I've been Dan Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. If you want to keep up with what we're up to, there's so many ways you can do that. You can find the podcast, the one you're listening to right now in most podcast places under Sounding Board. And if you want to keep up with what we're up to, there are a ton of ways you can do that. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under Scopy Mag. And if you want to join our community, keep in touch with us, find out what we're up to join our discord server and the best way to find that is to head to scopymag.com slash discord and as always i'm here to talk about the importance of subscribing there are two ways that you can subscribe the first is by contributing monthly for two dollars a month you will receive an email every time we post something it is the best way to stay up to date on what we're doing because (laughs) facebook hates us uh the other way that you can give is yearly and that is twenty dollars a year same perks same deal just one lump sum so give a little give a lot and if you can't give then listen participate and share Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something.